When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode, we talk about how to learn faster. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps. Big changes. My name is Greg Clunas, and our ability to learn, our ability to learn new skills, learn new concepts, understand what's going on around us and absorb information is one of the most critical aspects of being a human being, especially in today's world. I spoke yesterday about how the world is getting more and more complicated every single day, and this is very true. Our ability to navigate that and to learn new things in order to navigate that, whether those new things be about cryptocurrencies or virtual reality or the metaverse or whatever it might be that fast forward five, 10 years from now, we need to understand in order to be effective in the new world. Our ability to learn it is ridiculously important. And that's why in this episode, I want to talk about how we can learn faster and more effectively. And I'm also super excited for today's sponsor because they are an amazing resource for helping you learn more and absorb more information. And of course, I'm talking about Blinkist. You ever just want to be a better version of yourself, a more confident, knowledgeable you? The fastest way to do it is through learning. Learning about a new topic or skill can not only broaden your horizons, but also boost your self-esteem. And that's where the Blinkist app comes in. Blinkist takes top nonfiction titles, pulls out the key takeaways, and puts them into text and audio explainers called Blinks that give you the most important information in just 15 minutes. With Blinkist, you've got access to thousands of titles in 27 categories of the world's best knowledge to choose from. And if you're more of a podcast person, they've got you covered with blinks for podcasts called shortcasts. All of this is available in one app and right in your pocket so you can learn anytime, anywhere. I like Blinkist because honestly, I'm a curious person. I love learning about new ideas and better understanding how things work. And with Blinkist, when curiosity strikes, I can jump right into a book on the topic and get exactly what I'm looking for. Two books I'd recommend are Indistractable by Nir Eyal, which is all about how to stay focused each day, and How Not to Worry by Paul McGee, which is all about dealing with anxiety, worry, and stress. So why not try it out? Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. 
Or, of course, you can always click the link in the description of this episode. Now, like I said, Blinkist is an amazing app for helping you learn more and learn better. But how do we actually approach the process of learning for ourselves? How do we structure our learning process in order to get through it faster and actually retain more? Well, to do that, I'm going to be talking about the process of learning over the next two episodes. So this is part one of how to learn faster. And what I want to talk about in this part is essentially the framework for how we learn, what qualities a good learning system should have. That way, in part two, we can talk about how we actually structure our own process by following these qualities. And so when I was planning this episode, I was sitting down, I was looking through all the research on how we learn, um, not all the research, obviously, there's millions of things out there, but some of the research on how human beings learn. And I came across a really phenomenal article that I'm going to link in the description of this episode. Uh, that's part of Stanford Tomorrow's Professor Postings, uh, which seems like a blog that they do for staff. Um, so uh, a gentleman by the name of Rick Reese, he's a research liaison in the Mechanical Engineering department. He published uh, an article on Stanford's Tomorrow's Professor Posting site about what he believes a good learning system should include. And he has five criteria. And I'm going to quote him and then we're going to sort of dive into each one. So quote, Learning is a social process conducted either more or less directly with other humans. People begin to learn by trying peripheral activities, then take on more complex activities as they grow in confidence and see other people perform them. Three, individuals will repeat actions that are associated with a reward, including the approval of peers. Four, even if the aim of the learning is not behavioral, having an associated behavioral outcome can make it easier to communicate and assess. And five, People learn most and most profoundly when faced with a dilemma or need to understand something relevant to them, end quote. So he goes through these five, uh, what he believes a good learning system would include. And I agree with each of these. And we've actually spoken about some of these in previous episodes. So let's go uh, uh, point by point here. So the first thing he says is that learning is a social process. And this is true. We tend to learn better when we are doing it as part of a group or when we are surrounded by other people who are learning. This is part of why school and college can be such an effective tool. Yes, we may be able to learn the same skills or learn the same things on our own. We can we can research online, we can go to YouTube University and all of that stuff. And, and that's, that's very true. But when we look at uh, each of those moments where motivation might fail us, each of those moments where we might get stuck, each of those moments where guidance is necessary, all of those things are, are built into a school in a college environment or really any social learning environment. If you're able to go through something as a group with others, you're then able to learn that thing with those other people, lean on them when you need them, support them when they need you, um, uh, play off of each other and take the ideas further. And this is a massive, massive benefit when approaching the process of learning. So whatever learning system we design should have some component when possible of a social uh, uh, environment within it. 
Now, the second thing he mentions is that people begin to learn by trying peripheral activities, and then they take on more complex activities as they go along. This makes sense. Learning should be progressive. You start small, and you very slowly keep working and and try harder things and harder things. And eventually you sort of get to this place where you feel like you understand it and you feel like you can tackle most things. And then you realize, oh, you really don't know anything at all uh, because there's so much left to learn. That is one of the beauties of the learning process of our ability to learn is that we will never get to the end of anything. We'll never fully understand anything. And so for for people who love learning, the world is an amazing place. And and this process of learning is an amazing thing because there's always something left to understand, something left to learn, something left to bring in. And so structuring your learning system around a progressive approach to it makes a lot of sense. Starting out with the basics, starting out with the smallest thing you can, and then progressively trying harder and harder things. And there's a second part to this that's important. While the actual lecture or the the understanding of information aspect should be progressive as well. You know, you learn the basics of a language like the alphabet before you worry about structuring sentences uh, and you progressively work up to it. While the actual information gathering should be progressive. We also need to look at the need for effort. And this is the second part of what he says. Remember, quote, people begin to learn by trying peripheral activities, end quote. We need to take action. We need to do the thing as much as we can. If we're learning a new language, we need to actually write out those letters. We need to actually speak them and practice them as much as we can, put ourselves into situations to uh, to do that. And one of the things that this allows is it reinforces the knowledge we have by forcing us to try and put it into the real world, to translate it from just thoughts in our mind that have value to us into something physical that can have value to others. That translation process is something I've spoken about on the podcast before that really helps to solidify the the internal with that external. And this is why uh, journaling your thoughts can be an effective way to sort of figure out what it is that you're thinking, because it makes sense to you in your head, but by translating it to a written language and, and actually physically writing that down or even typing it, quite honestly, you force yourself to understand it better, to understand it well enough to explain. That process of translation works with learning as well. You can understand the concept internally, but if you're not able to translate it, if you're not able to put it into physical form, it means you don't understand it as well as you need to in order for it to be useful. So that's the second aspect of a good learning system. The third is that you need to be supported. So this sort of leans into habit territory. Individuals will repeat actions that are associated with a reward, including the approval of peers. Now that's a a direct quote. Building habits allows us to try something, get rewarded for that thing, whether that is the actual thing delivers a reward or because somebody is celebrating you or whatever it might be, whatever that reward is, it reinforces that behavior. And the same thing is true here. We continue taking actions. We continue learning. We continue trying in part because the people around us support us and approve of us doing that. 
This is why learning should be done in a social environment as much as possible, because that external approval can serve as a reward to reinforce the behavior of learning new things, trying more things, working harder, doing all of the minutiae of actually uh, developing that skill or learning that language, whatever it is you're trying to do. Now, he does say that having an associated behavioral outcome isn't necessary, and I tend to agree with this. We can learn things without there being any real reason for us to learn it. However, having that behavioral outcome, having a specific thing that we're trying to accomplish, and this is why we're trying to learn this, that can be a massive motivator for when we get stuck. It can be the why that drives us forward as we're losing focus and as we're losing uh, that, that initial motivation or that initial desire to get started and to push through and learn this thing. Having a specific thing we want to do can help us to stick with the learning process longer. And so one of the things that you should try to do, if possible is to build your learning plan around specific things that you're trying to do. For example, I knew that I wanted to build an app. And so I spent the last year learning how to build an app and actually using that knowledge and, and, and doing it. And that sped up my learning process incredible amounts versus had I uh, enrolled in a program or, or gone back to school or whatever other options I might have had. I was self-taught, but I did have a specific outcome that I was trying to accomplish, and that kept me going when I ran into issues. Not to mention, it allowed me a natural way to filter down what I needed to learn. Rather than learning every single thing possible and not being sure what was applicable, what wasn't, getting overwhelmed by that, I only needed to learn the specific things required for this specific project. That allowed me to filter down, cut away everything that was unimportant and really focus in on just those specific things, which then sped up the outcomes that I was able to produce. And funnily enough, now that I've learned that and I've actually built the app and and am testing it and, and getting ready to launch it, now that I'm there, I actually feel far more equipped to build different types of apps. And, and build different types of projects because now I can see how the overall thing fits together rather than uh, not being certain and, and being overwhelmed had I learned everything at once. So having that outcome you want to produce is another important uh, measure of a good learning system. And I really think that this ties into the last point. If you're trying to create a certain outcome, if you're trying to change a certain behavior, you have a need. When you have a need for the knowledge that you're trying to learn, it becomes significantly easier to learn it. It becomes significantly easier to take it on. And so as you're trying to learn new things, ask yourself, why? Why is it that you want to learn this? Is it purely out of curiosity? Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But recognize that if it's just out of curiosity, if there's no need for it, if there's no actual behavioral outcome that you're looking for, you're less likely to stick with it long term. You're going to be missing those motivators. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it anyway. I'm just pointing it out so that you can plan for that to be the case. Plan for the fact that you're less likely to stick with it so that you can build additional reinforcement systems and support systems to help you get past that, to help you stick with it longer, whatever those may look like for you. 
And those are the five components to a good learning system as shared by Rick Reese. And a big shout out to him. I'm going to link to the full article. I recommend you check it out. It's a great read. Uh, But in tomorrow's episode, in part two, we're going to be talking about how we can build these uh, criteria into our own learning system so that we can start to learn faster once we decide what it is we want to learn. Uh, Hopefully you'll tune in for that. If you liked this episode, I'd love to connect with you. Join us in the community. Head over to tlbc.co slash community and let me know what you thought. And I'd also love to remind you that if you are ready to start learning faster yourself, start learning more, having a better resource for learning, try Blinkist. I've been using them for years and I honestly, honestly love them and rely on them for this podcast. Get a free seven-day trial and 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership when you head to Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Yeah.